Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone to, if you haven't already, fill out the end-of-season survey, which you can find in the description for this episode. Now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Alternate History Class Podcast. My name's Andrew, and here we explore alternate history through the lens of a history class from another timeline. Last time, we looked at the majority of the reign of Napoleon III, and his rise to be the most popular Bonapartist monarch since his uncle. This week, we look at what would be his downfall, the Franco-Prussian Today we will be discussing the Franco-Prussian War. We will not be diving in depth into the battles. We will not even be looking at particular battles. If you would like to look at those, we do have a half-semester class that covers those those. Battles that swore, but this will be just an overview of the war. Now, the immediate cause of the war was the candidacy of Leopold of Hohenzollern uh, to the throne of Spain as France feared. Uh, and encirclement from alliance between the Prussians and Spaniards. Um, now, the House of Hohenzollern was uh, the royal house of Prussia, for those of you who are not familiar. Uh, and although this was the cause of the war, uh, in some ways, the, uh, the tensions had been building between the two dominant land powers in continental Europe, uh, it really kicked into high gear uh, when the French public began to worry about Prussian uh, domination as they formed the Austro... uh, Well, they formed the North German Confederation, kicking the Austrians out of the German... Confederation as a whole, and uh, that was through the Austro-Prussian War and the annexing of some uh, allied states, Uh, by allied states I do intend to mean allied to Austria, not their own allies. Now this, along with pressures from ministers and his wife, would cause 
Napoleon III to uh, demand a return to the pre-Treaty of Vienna borders, which spooked the South German states. This would lead uh, Prussia to use this as grounds for defensive alliances um, with the South German states of Saxony, Bavaria, Württemberg, Baden, and Hesse, Darmstadt. Uh, but the what the French would get out of this was Prussia guaranteeing those states' independence as well, which was a small victory for the French and obviously did not satisfy the French public who were still concerned about the growing power of Prussia. They wanted to maintain French hegemony over the continent, although that had been diluting for a couple decades by this point. Uh, now, the French public also wanted to see the expansion of the empire. There had not been much of that on the continent, uh, as it were. One of the reasons that France demanded the return to those old borders between itself and Prussia was to gain more influence in the Rhine region and have direct control over the land. The Prussians were also eager for war, the Prussian public uh, and the Prussian nobility, as France had really been the only power they had gone up against and failed uh, since they had reforms. Uh, the shame of the Violet Revolution still hung strong with many in the upper echelons of the Prussian government, or I guess more accurately, North German Confederation's government. What would end up being the last straw to kick off the Franco-Prussian War would be the Ems Dispatch, also sometimes known as the Ems Telegram. It was a telegram uh, made public by uh, by Bismarck uh, that uh, was from Wilhelm I, the King of Prussia, uh, uh, through Heinrich Albuquin, uh, uh to Bismarck, uh, Wilhelm was vacationing in Ems, hence the name of the dispatch being the Ems Dispatch. Uh, it was be it was discussing and describing demands that were made by the French ambassadors uh, concerning the Spanish succession. Uh, this as we said, was released to the press by Bismarck. And it would end up enraging both the populaces as the Prussians, 
the Germans, I guess I should say, the Germans uh, were enraged by the French, uh, demanding that they basically remove all rights to make claims on uh, the Spanish throne in the future. And they viewed that as a slight by the French against their national honor. The French were enraged by perceived slight to the French diplomat who had gone to Ems to speak with Wilhelm. Uh, this came from a, a misunderstanding and a difference in languages uh, and use of the term adjunct, uh, which in the French uh, was a non-commissioned officer uh, while in uh, in Germany, it was a high-ranking aide-de-camp. Uh, this uh, misunderstanding printed on Bastille Day would enrage the public and drive them to even more cry for war. Uh, and eventually, Napoleon III would declare war Less than a week later, on July 20th of 1870. Now, the reasons he chose to declare war and go on the offensive uh, were, of course, the public and cabinet pressures that he was facing to go to war, uh, a confidence in the superiority of the French military, uh, I guess particularly against the Prussians, who they viewed the few losses they had to them as flukes of a bygone era, as well as, uh, lastly, the reason being uh, that he felt that if he was to go on the offensive and get major victory or two, uh, he would get the recent victims of Prussian expansionism uh, to join the war uh, that would uh, include Austria uh, as well as Denmark. Now, as France declared war, Prussia did try to uh, get its defensive pact uh, up and going, uh, but the South German states were hesitant to join as they felt this was a manufactured war on the part uh, of Bismarck. Uh, and eventually they came to an agreement, uh, a secret agreement with France to remain neutral uh, entirely. And when that got revealed to the North Germans uh, that gave both military uh, access. Uh, they gave both nations military access. Now, while Napoleon III was confident in his army's abilities, the Prussians had worked out the kinks, as it were, in their army design uh, and when forces met in the field, 
France was humiliated uh, in several battles, uh, including the battles at Saarbrücken, Weisenberg, and Gravelot, that led to the Siege of Metz and the infamous Battle of Sudan. Uh, now, this battle took place uh, on September 1st and 2nd. Uh, we are still in 1870. Of course, uh, the French would have massive casualties in this war, devastating already beaten armies that had been combined together to try to relieve Metz. Uh, the, uh, the, the the French army, on, which was at this point, being led by Napoleon III, perhaps in part to seek uh, the glories of his grandfather, and his, well, not perhaps, without a doubt, to seek the glories that his uncle, I should say, I apologize, uh, got. Uh, but Napoleon III, seeing these casualties, would uh, surrender uh, and his entire army of over 100,000 men, and he would be captured by uh, the Prussians. Uh, now, this would have consequences, of course. Uh, the first of which would be the temporary uh, Second French Republic that was uh, declared under Jules Favre, Leon Gambetta, uh, and General Louis-Jules Trouchot. Uh, it was also known as the Government of National Defense as it sought to end the war in a more honorable manner. Uh, the other major consequence of uh, the Battle of Sudan would be the uh, attempted invasion of the Papal States by the Kingdom of North Italy. Uh, now... North Italy tried to invade as France uh, was in chaos and was viewed as the stronger of the two uh, protector nations of the Papal States. Uh, they had already withdrawn their forces to try to uh, defend themselves against uh, the Prussians who had already basically won the war. Um, so they would move their troops into the Papal States, um, but they would be humiliated um, as they would lose the battles, Battle of the Aurelian Walls on September 19th of 1870 as the Austrian troops fought valiantly alongside the papal army. Uh, this would lead North Italy 
to quickly ask for a ceasefire, which the Pope would quickly accept to avoid uh, further bloodshed. Uh, the North Italy would end up paying war reparations to Pope Pius the Ninth, uh, and as would be uh, discovered later down the line, uh, this would dissuade uh, the kingdom of the two Sicilies who planned to launch their own invasion uh, from the south to try to catch both the papal states as well as the north Italians off guard. Rome was a prize for both the two major nations of Italy as both viewed it. Uh, Rome as consequential to their claim of being the true uh, the true Italian unifier state and having it would give one or the other a leg up on their rival. Now the end phase uh, of the Franco-Prussian War would be a uh, humiliation for the Second Republic, sometimes known as the Monthly Republic, uh, as it uh, would see the bombardment of Paris as uh, it refused to just surrender to the Prussians. Uh, it, the Prussians were ready to recognize the Second Republic as a legitimate government, but it refused to surrender. Um, and it would not stand uh, as a counter-coup uh, in Paris overthrew the Republic uh, and, and stated uh, Louis uh, Napoleon, uh, as he was known at the time, the, as uh, the regent uh, of the empire, uh, restoring the empire. Uh, now, it's not known as the Second French Empire. Some have tried to describe it as such, but the brief brevity in this situation uh, is not uh, accepted among the vast majority of historians. Now, this counter coup uh, would take place on October 20th, and Louis Napoleon uh, would ask for an armistice. Uh, the boy, obviously, not making many of much of the decisions uh, at age 14. Though it's not as though he was his cousin. Well, it's, yes, I believe that's still the cousin, Napoleon II. Uh, as he did take, he was, he was uh, 13, 14 at the time. Uh, but Bismarck would accept that, uh, that armistice. On October 22nd, and Napoleon III would be the one to sign the peace. 
Uh, it would be a great humiliation for him uh, and for France as a whole. France uh, would have to give up Alsace-Lorraine. And the German Empire would be declared in Versailles. Uh, Now, this did not include the South German states as they had had decided to hold themselves closer to the more culturally similar Austrians who had dazzled themselves with the defense of the popes or the Catholic states stood with uh, the Catholic German superpower, as it were, uh, forming the South German Confederation. Uh, And uh, this would also harm uh, Franco-British relations as Napoleon III had expected... Uh, Britain to condemn German actions, but uh, the rivalry between uh, the houses had not uh, ended. And the two nations, and this would basically cement the Anglo-Franco rivalry uh, for another 50 60 years. Now, Napoleon III uh, would resign in uh, shame officially uh, on November 1st of 1870 in favor of his uh, son, Louis Napoleon, uh, who would choose one of his middle names, uh, Eugene and take the regal name Eugene, the first emperor of the French, uh, in honor of his mother, who was a close uh, advisor to the young man. Uh, Napoleon III, for his part, would uh, voluntarily go into exile in Rome. Uh, The once-beloved emperor would... Uh, have his health uh, continue to ail and uh, would die in disgrace on January 9th of 1873. This would later uh, be viewed uh, as uh, well, Napoleon III would later be viewed as a victim of the circumstances surrounding the war. Um, this is a much more modern um, take as uh, French historians were very harsh on him um, for nearly a century, for, for just o- for around a century. Um, but him being one of the longer-serving French monarchs uh, of the modern era and the reforms he made to the infrastructure and to Paris itself uh, 
would paint him in a uh, brighter light. Uh, and he's, his image has seen a bit of a revival. Uh, but next time we will discuss the uh, reign of uh, Eugene I, and then we'll see if we have time to look at his successor and the succession crisis that his death would cause. Thank you for listening to the Alternate History Class Podcast. If you'd like to give any feedback you have, feel free to reach out via Twitter at AltHisClassPod or email the show at AltHisClass at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe or follow the show on your preferred podcasting platform so you don't miss an episode when it goes live. If you are able and want to help the show financially, you can support the show on Patreon. Just search for Alternate History Class or use the link in the description of this episode. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine. Feel free to share the show with someone you think will enjoy it. And finally, thank you for your most important contribution, your time. And I'll see you next time as we journey down the path not taken.